Welcome to Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready, we're about to live in your head rent-free. Welcome back, Otterites. This is episode 141. I am Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis, sitting in the captain's chair. We are uh, palate cleansed, gentlemen. Change of direction. Uh, we have, As well as location. As well as location, yes. We're back at your studio R. Out in the marvelous atrium, a little sunny this morning when we're recording this. Uh, it's 25 uh, degrees out, but it's sunny and a little warm in here. <laughs> yeah, thank oh. God. We're, we're all wearing our uh, our hoodies and our, our, our snakes and otter swag this this as we record. But anyway, palate cleanse. This is a history episode. We've done all sorts of things, but one area that we've spent very little time is the Middle Ages, medieval times. We're going to rectify that now. This is the first of several episodes we're going to be doing. Yes. 2022 is the year of the Middle Ages. I'm, I'm loving it. Totally <laughs> loving it. That's right, yeah. Uh, and we're going to go this time here with arguably one of the most pivotal turning points in the entire Western history of this planet. And that's 1066, the Norman Conquest of England. So much changed. Forever. It's one of those, if you ask somebody for the, one of the, off the street, what's a turn, that knows anything about anything. Yeah, I was going to say, off the street is not going to uh, be able to answer that. That knows <laughs> anything about anything, as Tim Wilson <laughs> would say, uh, about what, what is a... I'm sorry, he's not here right now. You <laughs> <laughs> can get him on his beeper. Yeah, that's right. He call you back. No, sorry. Uh, if you ask Maybe somebody... Your, your husband's getting a lap dance. And, uh, he's, he's a and there we go down the rabbit hole once again. That's all it takes. Just mention that word, Tim Wilson, and we're off. But... Now, if you were to ask a generally knowledgeable person, what's one of the greatest turning points in history? They're going to say 1066, the Battle of Hastings. Yeah. So well, you may have to direct them a little bit, yes. A little bit, that's correct. It's, it's especially a history person, that they're going to know that. Because there's a lot. But as far as, there are, f- there are very few events that totally change the direction of history like this one. That's right. Because, you know... It, so much rides on this. I mean, you establish a new ruling family of England. Yeah, because there was a king of England. That's right. You know, I know what you're trying to set up. We're not going down that rabbit hole again. <laughs> king England. King England. That's right. Uh, you know, there was a king. There was a governing body in England. Yeah. And it was this, successful. In many, you can argue it was it was run very successfully. Right. It was in its ascendancy. Uh, they had successfully. Uh, either fought off or assimilated all the Danish invasions. Yes. At this point, that had all been stabilized. And it, uh, in fact, one of their kings just prior to this, Canute, was a Dane. And he was one of the greatest in, in their history. He, he brought them into an ascendancy that is unparalleled uh, for them, other than Alfred and other things like that. So it's a ripe plum. Well, you know, that's one of the interesting... We should probably talk about that a little bit because... One of the things that I always find fascinating about history and things like the Norman Conquest is this. You've got this island that, you know, the upper half is craggy and cold and nothing but sheet and guys and kilts. Careful now. Don't <laughs> <laughs> keep going. You're good. And okay. then, you know, you got the bottom half, which, you know, arguably is, is very beautiful. There's, yeah. there's coal. There's other research, but I don't know that coal is really that big of a deal yet. No. Uh, so agriculture is though so agriculture will be, uh, but mining is Britain's rich with uh, copper. Yes, yes. That's so right. and that continues, you know. That's the day. but you know when you think about what makes this little island so damn desirable that everybody around them is constantly trying to conquer it. 
And so, you know, that's an interesting point, I think, that is that this little piece of land is so desirable Mm -hmm. that everybody around them for hundreds of years, well, from the Romans and probably before that. Very much so, yeah. On up, you know, a thousand years later, are constantly trying to take it over. And you finally get one that is, not finally, because obviously, you know, the, the, all of the, uh, the Saxon wars and invasions and, and the, mm-hmm. the other things that are going on prior to this, that produces a relatively successful uh, regime. Right, right. There are multiple invasions uh, before this right. Right. all over the place. Yeah, during some show prep, Francis and I were talking in, in Britain, this, in this period, is really kind of the original melting pot. Yeah, because it's original uh, Britons, Britons, Pictish people, Celtic people that are then which Romano British, right? You which, know, yeah, Ro- all, all Roman those Pictish invasion. people came from the continent too. I mean, Britain, yeah, and then even that's a then, not that's a misnomer in many ways, right? And then Rome abandons Britain to to its fate, sort of. The, the rise of the Anglo-Saxon kingdoms then, the, after the that. The Jutes, and then the Angles, and finally the Saxons. Because yes. these did not happen at the same time. And those are all separate kingdoms. Wessex and Sussex and Essex and all these places. Yeah. Northumbria, all separate. Mercia. All separate uh, Saxon, Romana, uh, not uh, Well, they're Saxon. Saxon Anglo-Saxon. Anglo-Saxon kingdoms. Then the Danes <laughs> come. And and then that becomes assimilated, and as you say, the lead up part of this is uh, who really is the rightful successor to Edward the Confessor. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a you know there's Danish claims, and then there's the Norman claim. Right, and Which, the Normans are Vikings too. Yeah, absolutely. Years ago. Right, and and what's weird about it too is this probably would have not been a big deal if. England was still divided into those five kingdoms. Uh, the the Danish invasions and all that Alfred did and his son Edward and all the, the uniting of England into one geopolitical entity, which even, is, even is when solidified it's by the Danes. Even, again, as you mentioned, Canute. And, yeah, but Canute. You know, one of the things he did was solidify that you know it's all one people here, all one the, geopolitical entity. Yeah, uh, with multiple peoples, with a consistent. Administrative state throughout the That's land, right. which is efficient. It's yeah. very efficient. I, I, I'm having shades of Monty Python as we're talking about all of this. <laughs> well, anyway, hey, Terry Jones had a history doctorate for right. goodness' sakes, and that's where a lot of that came from. And yeah. hey, yeah. we love that's one reason we love it so much. In, in many ways, the uh, the England of this time is the Holy Roman Empire before the Holy Roman Empire. You've got all of these little polities mm-hmm. that have vied against one another for uh, decades and centuries. Yep. And you finally have somebody come along and unite everybody under, relatively speaking, a single flag. Because, I mean, realistically, until we're talking about the time of Richard III and then Henry, the Henrys, uh, really uniting. It's England, not England, Wales, Scotland. Yeah. Like it is now. But it it is all the way to the Scottish border, all the way to the Welsh border, it becomes a single unit. That's right. No but there's still, all, but there's still yeah. all these rival factions. I mean, there you are. still have, you know, every time yeah. there's a new king or somebody dies without a clear successor, there's always going to be yeah. some civil wars going on. Well, you know, but which, which is kind of the point. By the time Edward Confessor, about really Canute, yeah, a lot of that goes away. 
they 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 all sign on to being under these for the last three right. kings, three or four kings. But they all want to be the top guys. Still, my point. Just like in the Holy Roman Empire, well, that's it's a little true, more defined but most of, for most them. Most of that is outside them at this point. Well, at this point, but the, I'm still. That's what I'm saying. Though, even after this, when the Normans come, you know, you've got you know the Plantagenets are going to rule for quite some time, but there's still all this back and forth and jockeying oh, amongst that, them. Uh, there is this political strife to control England does not stop. Oh, you're right. With we, William. We, we talked about that in the show prep a little bit. One of the reasons for, and this is kind of another subject, we'll do one on this, those later kings, the ones that failed, the ones that were deposed, the reason they did so is because they tried to narrow their power base under them. Uh, there wasn't as much to give out. Well, give they, they, would, they would give it all to just a, a handful of folks. Edward II did it. Richard II did it. There's... Uh, all this stuff goes on, and that's Henry the Sixth did it. When you get into favorites, yeah, the, the nobles, the English people, they don't put up with that crap. You know, the whole the system works when it's spread broadly, yeah. and that's kind of a holdover from the Normans because well, William was very good at okay. that. But we'll get we're getting ahead we're of getting ourselves. yes we're getting out ahead of ourselves. So the era of of ten sixty six, the Norman invasion again. The Normans are Norsemen in the north. West of France. That's right. Descendants of Rollo, Rollo. and his fo- followers, who were given land by Charles the Simple. I believe that's right. Exactly. Uh, uh, several generations before, like yeah, two hundred years. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's six generations, seven, something yeah. like that. So it's okay, you Vikings. If you'll leave us alone and guard this coast, you can have this land. Mm-hmm. And those Vikings assimilate into this French culture. And become Norman French. Uh, uh, the, the the TV series Vikings actually, even though it's out of time and it's very compressed, yes. doesn't do a bad job of laying that out. Yes, uh, the mean, character they, they, of Rollo in there, it, he's he's not Lothbrok's brother. That's that's an invention. But if you take his story on its own, it's pretty accurate. Yeah, it, I mean, it's and he's he's, he's the progenitor, yeah. uh, even though he's somewhat mythical. Uh, uh, so they all this they essentially become the dukes of this mm-hmm. duchy of Normandy, which is, which is essentially as powerful or more powerful than the French crown itself. Because France, though, even though we think of it as a single entity, really not, isn't. No, not this. The point. French king controls only a small part of the French lands, and the the vassals, the dukes, really have huge sway. That's right. And uh, Norman- Brittany, Aquitaine, Normandy, all of these places right. are Angers. almost... That's right. Well, this is uh, the European and, and the English uh, situation in general, right. where you've got uh, kings and you've got the dukes underneath them. It's the whole fiefdoms and the peasants, mm-hmm. and all of this stuff is, you know, it's not universal, but it's a common way of having everything set up. Right. That's partly what has led to the strife in England of uniting them. It's why Germany does not, and the Holy Roman Empire does not, does not stay united because it, it's at a time when one man and one army cannot control that large of a yeah. well, land. To, to slide into a little bit of church law here, uh, subsidiarity works pretty damn nice. And that's well, what yes. this is based on is, you know, the powerful duke, he's local. He's not that far away. We don't report to, to, to Paris. Actually, Paris wasn't even the capital around this time. Rouen had a lot of that. Uh, we're we're reporting to the duke. We own and the duke is right. a, a subservient again, to them. Yes, sort of, kind of, not really. That, it's, that, well, that whole that, leave us alone thing goes both ways. That's right. Yeah. You know. All right. Look, 
we'll take care of things over here. We'll guard the coast. You know, we'll pay a few taxes here and there, but you're also going to leave us the hell alone. That's correct. Uh, you know, unless we get an invasion happening, and then we all come together, which is yes. kind of the whole point of this, is yeah. we're going to leave each other alone until we, until we need right. each other. So it's almost, it's almost an alliance system. So Edward the Confessor is kind of the last of the successful Anglo-Saxon right. kings. And he dies childless. But yeah. he has relatives in Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. He's related to William, the yes. Duke of Normandy. Uh-huh. So there's competition. Right, and there are multiple invasions actually prior to the successful Norman invasion. Mm-hmm. The thing that probably kicks it off the most is the fact that his Edward's brother-in-law, not even a blood relation, ends up trying to take the throne right after Edward. And so, you know, which starts these different right. other so, invasions. To right, so... And then you get you get your political gerrymandering that goes along this and says, well, Edward said it was me. Harold right. does that, you know. But right. I, no, 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 it's not. And of course, William does that. No, no, Edward told me. I get the. Right. I get that's, this. That's the part of it is there's a propaganda thing going on of, no, Edward designated me. No, Edward designated me. Anyway, the... At this time... It seems odd again also to us. There's a body of nobles who elect a king. And they confirm Harold Godwinson, kind of the leading noble. Right. He, who said, you know, I, Edward said it was me. That yes. That he does he's, claim He's that. one of the claimants who says, yep, Edward said it was me. So Godwinson takes over, but his own brother Tostig <laughs> is, is in on all this, and he wants to. A part of it. Well, that's right. So, Tostig teams up with this Scandinavian claimant, Harold Hardrada. Yes. And at the same time, William is saying, nope, it's mine. I'm coming. Yep. So, they all know. Harold Godwinson really, the the deck was stacked against him from day one. Yeah. Because they've all said... When he says it's me, he said they all say, "Oh, really? No, watch this." You know, you know. Yeah, right. read but my facts. To say. It, it's tough to have more than one enemy. That's it right. is. <laughs> well, and that's probably what is Godwinson's downfall. Oh, absolutely. He yeah. has to take care of Harold Hardrada first. That's right. And then William comes along. And is like, oh, well, we're fresh. Although he was outnumbered. He was at that's Hastings. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, one time where you know the French won. Uh, <laughs> And so much so, they stopped being French after that. Yeah. So it takes a little while. Well, you know, that's the interesting thing. Uh, the kings of England were French, literally French, for quite some time. Oh, yeah. I mean, Richard the Lionheart, that was what the language he spoke. He's just a, that's just a couple generations right. later. Well, and also, French would have been the, the language of the sophisticated uh, Correct. at the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the scholars still spoke Latin. Yeah. But uh, French was the, or whatever the language was at the time. It probably doesn't sound exactly like modern French, but right. uh, it was the English of the day. That's right. The lingua franca, which is yes. where it comes from. Yeah. You know, that's where that name comes from. So, right. Uh, um, Hardrada invades first. Mm-hmm. Harold has to gather up all the forces he can, rush north that's right, to he... the invasion spot, but wins. Stanford Bridge. Uh-huh. And uh, destroys Hardrada and kills Tostig. Yep. That. <laughs> yes. So, at at that moment, he seemed like he secured his kingdom. Right. He's won. But uh oh, now William's hit. 
farther south. And William is, in many respects, far more powerful than Hardrada was. His his people are hardened battle soldiers. Hardrada, not to say that Hardrada's weren't, but there's a sophistication that comes with the Norman people that cannot be forgotten, that is unique to everyone in the entire European theater. Uh, many of them went to Italy. They're stone builders. That's something that is unheard of in Saxony. In, in the Saxon yeah. they're building with wood. Uh, they are heavy with armor. The technology is far more advanced for them than for anybody else around here. That's one of the reasons that this was, I don't want to say it was easy because it wasn't, but it was almost inevitable. Uh, it's kind of like the World War I lesson. When a new technological change comes in and you're not prepared for it, you're going to get mowed down. And that's part yeah. of one of the reasons that, the A, that... William won, but also that the Normans stayed and changed everything. Right. Well, after defeating Godwinson, at least on the island, there wasn't really a, a, a significant organized force against him. That's right, no. And now uh, he still faced a lot of rebellions and he a did. lot of problems at home because obviously he's a foreign king. And he had to pacify the whole thing. And that uh, it wasn't easy. At times, but to be honest, it also wasn't hard either because yeah. he had he had the troops. But and, and, and he brought and he Godwinson built, he built is, shit everywhere. He is the leading noble. That's right. Yeah, that's why he gets the position to begin with. But rushing north to beat Hardrada and Tostig, and then having to rush south, it's pretty draining. It is. Exactly. Even if you have a larger army, that's very draining because it's all on foot. Mm-hmm. All on foot. It's. You still got to feed all these people. Yep. Um, yeah, there were a lot of tactical issues. Trying to replace that faced, your losses that faced Godwinson on his march south, and there were some mistakes he made. I'm not going to go into a lot of that. There was some deck was very stacked against him for a lot of the reasons we're laying out here. Yeah. Because he he shows up at a not a numerical disadvantage, but just about a disadvantage in every other way. Right. Well, it's the same as if okay, you've just run a marathon. Now it's time to fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, again, William has has landed. He's got his people with him. And he's chosen the ground. He's chosen the ground. That's huge. He has not had to, had a skirmish or anything yet. Right. He's and even though he had to travel by sea, it's a short trip. It is, and he was prepared because he'd been planning this invasion for some time, yeah. and they all knew he's coming, he's coming, and you don't mess with William the Bastard, which we haven't talked a lot about William himself yet. We'll, we'll get there. I'm going to put say, you on the spot. I, I think you've, you've, yeah. you've zoomed into that. But, so, the Battle of Hastings, Harold is killed, the famous Bayou Tapestry portrait of him getting an arrow. In the eye, yeah. Yeah. So, the Anglo-Saxon Late forces, in the day, actually. Yeah, are now destroyed. And William has won the day and claims the throne. And it's a, it's a hard-fought battle. I mean, the, there are times where it could have gone either way. Yeah. Multiple times. Uh, if, if We're not going to get into the yeah. whole details of the battle, but... It's been studied and studied and studied because there's plenty of records regarding oh, yeah. it. And it, it literally, it is I mean, a everybody toe... From John right. Keegan to Dan Jones. That's right. Toe to toe smackdown, and it goes... Uh, William is thought dead at one point. He has to take off his helmet and show that, no, that's not me. I'm, I'm here. Yeah. Uh, it mattered in those days. And, of course, yeah. Harold had the opposite problem because everybody's, you know, well, where was Harold? Oh, he's dead? Oh. And that's kind of what ends yeah. it. Yeah. So... Rich, uh, William is confirmed again, but and I can't pronounce this name of this body. It's an Anglo-Saxon, the Wittigamont. 
Yeah, hang on. I just saw that because I'm looking through uh, Wikipedia. Because, you know, we're not writing papers for professors, so we can rely on Wikipedia. But as a general rule, when it comes to stuff like this, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's much yeah, better it's than pretty good. Uh, yeah, but it, they basically, he, well. yeah. there are no more challengers. The leading nobles are gone. He's confirmed as king. And this period of Anglo-Norman ascendancy begins under William. Right. And this is the last time Britain is successfully invaded. Yeah. That's that's what a big deal this was. That's the turning point of the history. Right. Not only does it remake Britain, but now Britain is never successfully invaded again mm-hmm. and begins to build that structure that eventually becomes the British Empire. That's right. The the most the most powerful nation on earth. Uh, is is the British Empire? It, 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 you know, it's still a bit away. It, yeah, it, 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 yeah, we got yeah, because that. that's still eight hundred years away. But this is the cornerstone. This is what builds it. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, is this the this? It really does change the Norman. the the face of European history for a lot of reasons. Um, and I, I, you know, the most obvious one is this is where all of the British rulers descend from. That's right. Mostly, it's a little Sorry, dodgy. Kinda, but it's this, a little dodgy. That's here how and there. they're counted, though. Is beginning with William. Yeah, essentially, all of the, it starts the it starts right. The all of over. the numbers that we're used to, uh, Elizabeth II or William right. III, they're counting from this spot that's at right. 1066. Everything before that kind of didn't matter. It was which a is, different intent, a different entity. In right, which in a way is kind of unusual because again, it's still England. There was a relationship between William and and, and Edward, uh, although I'm, I'm unclear because my the one I'm reading through hasn't. Laid that out specifically, but you know you could make an argument that you could go farther back if sure. you wanted to. But still, this is where they count, and I think that there's two things that are important to to recognize here. It starts as Martin says that unbroken, relatively speaking, line from then until today of Great Britain of of England, and then Britain, and then the United Kingdom, and so on, and. It also removes a player from Europe. So you've got the Duke of Normandy and basically his whole setup, for lack of a better word. But, you know, he's essentially removed as a power from France and his base is now in England. So, which is presumably a much better place for him to be because otherwise why would he go? Now, the English and the French are still... On the coast there, there's lots of back and forth because right. the, the French or the English kings think they should also rule France, yes. but they're never really successful at that. No, but here and there, but you're right. Several no. several British monarchs after this point really do consider Normandy and France as their power base. Oh yeah, well the Henry, well, Henry the Second especially. Well, yes, was like he, he, that's that's one of you his know, names. Britain's in my pocket, but this is really really where I'm. No, from. I get I get that. Yeah, but. Their focus is not Europe, it's England and right. that Keep, little bit of northern the, France. Yeah, keeping the throne in. Whereas, if he had never gone to England, you could make the argument that he might have gone for France. You know, because obviously he had a, a good military force. You know, it's possible that things... Uh, you just got to marry your kid off to a princess, and then you've got a claim to the throne. That's right, exactly. Yeah, he would have had to have done that. And uh, But he's obviously... But my point is, he's a man with ambitions. It redirected them from the yes. continent to England. Yes. That, I think, cannot be 
understand yes. as You're exactly right. And I want to ask Francis about those ambitions. Yes. Oh yeah, because in many respects, which so much of this is tied up in the person of William the Bastard himself. Yes. And that to me is one of the most fascinating things about this. All of this stuff that's happening, all the changes that happened, all this stuff, it comes down to one man. And our famous our one, man one man with a vision. vision. That's yeah. correct. And uh, a lot of that is and I and I steal it from Babylon five again, uh, one of their themes is the power of one person to change the universe. This is a perfect example yeah, of that. And, and this is one of those cases because that really nobody happens. else would have, could have done it like William because he leaves a secure dynasty in place that's still with us today. Mm. More or less. Sort of, kind of. Yeah, sort of, kind of, kind of, yeah. Not to say there's not issues, but ultimately... Before we get more into talking about William and his, what he was about, his, his makeup, tell me about your books. You brought some... Oh, well, uh, we always got to give the Otterites uh, some material... To uh, look at here and, and back this up, so right? There are books. lots of obviously this book had this subject has more ink written over it than so many others. Yeah, than almost be. anything else. Yeah. That's right. It, it's been done a lot. Uh, I'll give you several from my bookshelf. These are by no means uh, exhaustive. One of which I don't have here, but it's one of the most recent. Is Dan Jones's book on on the conquest because uh, we love Dan Jones he's uh, he's going to be we're yeah. going to be hearing more about him in the other days but David C Douglas did a book William the Conqueror that is still in many respects I mean he's he's from the from the British Library uh, the damn thing was written in sixty four it's like Paul Murray Kendall's book on Richard the Third yeah it still is the standard it's well researched it's eminently readable. Uh, I've had this book for years I have the ebook version of it I've read it twice actually yeah. Uh, it's it's like if you want the exhaustive book, you can Sin find nine. That's right. You can find this just about anywhere. Like I say, download it. It's it's, it's very reasonably. David uh, C. Douglas. It's William kind of like always in print. Yeah. It's it's one of those books that uh, it, right, it keeps being done. Give us the next one. Something more recent, uh, but this is a bit more. It's not so exhaustive and expansive. I guess is the better word. Norman Conquest by Mark Morris. It's a very recent book. Uh, it's it's only from uh, 2012, uh, and it it uh, Wall Street Journal USA Today bestseller. You see, folks, we're still interested in this stuff. You know, uh, a history book, for God's sakes, was a bestseller because it's but it's about the conquest itself. Uh, granted, it takes into account all that came before, all that came after, and all the personalities involved. But it is, if you want to get, if you don't want to be about the man, but you want to be about the events, that's the book to read. If you want to be about the man, then the Douglas book is the one. And then what's your uh, last one there? Uh, this is this is not a bad one. It's it's not a, a huge one. Uh, by Frank McClinn, 1066, The Year of the Three Battles. It gets even more granular mm-hmm. because it takes you down just to the actual battles and what happened with that. So this is... We've gone from the strategic to the tactical throughout this to kind of lay that out. Because I know many folks, I started out this way, tell me about the battles. That's what I want to read about. That's what's fun. That's what's interesting. Well, you know, as we have found, the battles are where most of the turning points happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, for want of a nail, the, the shoe was lost. For want of a shoe, the horse, mm-hmm. you know, and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
whether it's Chamberlain making it to the top of uh, Little Round Top just in time. That's right. Yeah. Or whatever. There, there are so many little things, and you know, we really aren't even talking about any of that because we're not talking about the battles here because we're talking about the importance of the event. Correct. Yeah. The the big the big the, picture. You know, the, the change in in what what changed history was. Not so much the battles; they were the 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 vehicle. Yeah, they were the discrete point where everything yeah. turned. But the real change is you've got William the Con- William the Con- who has become for, gone from the bastard to the conqueror. He hated that name, bastard. Oh well, of, he, course. of course he did. He absolutely yes. hated it. Uh, and you know, you, he's Duke William. Thank you very much. Uh, and he was also. I'll give you that. We. Uh, he's a thug. He is an absolute bruiser. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he he, uh, he will he will cut your freaking throat, but he'll bring his guys with him when he does it. He, he so he's a smart brute. Oh, absolutely. You know, he, there's nobody. Yeah, can I, him. right. I mean, there there's not. He's a bully with a following. Yeah, uh, and and these guys, these guys are razors that work with him. They love it because he brings them booty, and he brings them glory, and he is a strong individual. He's also a son of a bitch. But that's what enables him to stick. Yeah. In many respects. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Mr. Sissy has plenty himself, although he was successfully married. Uh, and his queen actually, uh, and we talked a little bit about this in the show prep, uh, Martin and I did that one of the reasons for his success is that he marries well. Uh, the succession line, he has quite a few legitimate children, uh, two of which reign after him, actually. Yeah. Interestingly enough, uh, this is, again, one of the things that... It, he made the same mistake that, well, you could argue made the same mistake, a similar thing that Charlemagne does. Yes, exactly. He does not combine all of his lands into one empire, for lack of a better word. So Normandy goes to Robert. That's correct. And yes. England goes to the second son. England is not seen as the primary yeah. prize here. Uh-huh, that's right. Which is kind of amazing when you think about it. Well, they, it's like they didn't really know what they had. We're thinking about it from modern terms in many respects. Well, because uh, it had to have been a great prize, though, for him to, it to, was, to go absolutely. after. Because he, he leaves this enormous, and he dies fairly young. Not young, young, but he dies, dies yeah, before his He was time. on campaign when he died. He, yeah, and he, and, and I'll, I'll, one of these things that's always interesting is, you know, how these guys meet their end. Uh, he's, he's a superb horseman, and he ends up the, uh, in an in a accident the pommel of his sandal saddle goes right up his, and that rips him apart, basically. So he bleeds to death over several days, uh, and that's I mean it's it's you know he's basically impaled. Uh, well, I mean he probably could have lived another twenty years, but his kingdom has been solidified. His he's really it, it's done at this right. point. But it, it it is split up between Robert, uh, his William, son William. Rufus, Rufus, because he's, he's red hair, and then the other one is Henry, uh, who is essentially subservient to Rufus. He's in he's in England. He becomes Henry the first because we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. William Rufus, pretty secure. He inherits a secure kingdom. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't ever marry. Uh, his, his sexuality but, is always in question. But the brothers do battle over all of these possessions. That is correct. They Robert try, was they're a, trying to reunify them. A couple of times. Well, yeah, but each one's got to be the unity, yeah. <laughs> as they say. Yes. Uh, Robert is a bit of a loon in res- in many respects. He ends up most of his later life in prison. His, his younger brother, in H- Henry, 
basically takes that takes the the dukedom from him. Yeah. Uh, because he's just not really all there. Rufus, William Rufus, was very much an, a, a splendid administrator. He knew his crap. He knew his stuff and yes. solidified yeah. things in his. Especially in England, he he in really England, does take yeah. over. Yeah, but and he's killed in, in quote in a, a hunting, hunting accident. Quote, which that's correct. And, and no, he wasn't hunting with Dick Cheney. <laughs> no, but it's a similar type thing. It was to Jerry. Good one. That's right. Liked it. Liked it. Uh, and basically, his younger brother Henry is the first one to make it to London from there. And secures the treasure. And secures the treasure. <laughs> that's correct. Well, you that's, know, that's important. That's the part. It is, that's because what could have been an absolute cluster, you know what, of a succession issue turns out to be a fait accompli. Yeah. Because uh, there's really nobody left. The elder brother is in Normandy, and he's a loon, and everybody knows that. Yeah. At this point, he's a foreign invader. We're not going to bring him but over here. But Henry has the money. He and controls the, the money. And the smarts. Yeah. Henry the First is one of the most successful monarchs, and he reigns a very, very, very long time. He has like sixteen kids. <laughs> Only one of the two of them are legitimate, and the son, the legitimate son, yeah. dies in a dies in the white ship accident, uh, shipwreck, and oh, stuff yeah, like that. Getting into We're getting way ahead of ourselves. Yeah, Matilda and Stephen and the white ship and the time known as the anarchy and all that, which probably deserves its own. Yeah, episode. They, oh, it's that's it's interesting amazing stuff. It's, yeah, we it's, have it's, to work that. Yeah, way. we have to work that one in because it's it's really but, fun. This is what helps Rufus and then Henry solidify this idea of this Norman. There's no going back. By the time yes. Henry the First is done, it's it's done. These guys well, yeah. are very. They are a different people. That's the thing you got to remember than they were in just three generations. You can, two, cause you can conquer something. Yeah, but until your son takes it over successfully, you've won nothing. Well, in the words of James T. Kirk, conquest is easy, control is not. I think he said ruling, wasn't it? No, it was, it was control. I got, the, I got the quote here. But it's, it's yeah. what they end up doing is very successfully remaking the British Isle into this anglo Norman. Right, well, they, they put supporters into the places of, uh, of, of, of uh, royalty that uh, you know, become... Right, because yeah, the, the, the dukedoms get And also the clergy, more importantly. Yes, That's right. the clergy and the dukedoms well, then get transferred well, from Anglo-Saxon Because they, they weren't, they weren't dukedoms before. At best, your account... All that whole concept of duke well, is relative. Was even a proper term. Well, that's right because dukes are all, are very. There are very few and, of and them. And all this comes from Roman administration. That's correct. You have to be a, a literal relative of the monarch to be a duke at this point. That changes later. Yeah. Uh, and that's but but most, most a lot of, of that the, comes yeah. in with but William. He's it's he's, all turned over to Norman to Norman guys. Norman. And so that's where you get at the best. These Saxons are subservient. Yeah. They might so, be so killed. You, you lose the Saxon names, and then these guys all become Delapole and all these other French-sounding names. It's like, well, these aren't British guys. Well, they were. They were. They, but their they, they, origins but are Norman. Here's French. here's where it all kind of comes together, and they also bring the law system with them. Not that Saxon law was bad, but Roman law is very much where the Normans brought with them. It's yes. very similar to that because they've been to Italy. They, they've understood this. They were a wide-ranging people. They're building with stone. There were no such thing as castles before the Normans. Right. That's a big part that of That is this. a huge thing because William once you... establishes building castles at strategic points. That's right. That allows him and to control the land. That's exactly right. And they stay... For yeah. generations, some of them were still around. The Normans knew what they were doing as builders, and that's one of the reasons that it stuck. Uh, is because you know, and that's how Edward the Second, or I'm sorry, Edward the First, 
subdues Wales. That's right. Is building castles. Correct. And he learned it from William. That's where that's that's a Norman thing. That's what they do. So those are a lot of the changes that are brought out. Uh, the revolution. Uh, the revolution. That's right. Yeah. Which was you know went down to one day. It's kind of like. Uh, uh, putting the Battle of Yorktown is the only thing that happened. You know, one change, yeah. one guy, yeah. one change happened. That's what this happened here. <sighs> Let me take a breath. Oh, yes. Let us bourbonize. Bourbonize. Bourbon break. That's right. So we have some business to take care of uh, on our bourbon break. That's correct. Yeah, Martin, That's right. I believe you are going to handle that. So I can shut up and sip. Sip away. Bourbon. All right, so I'll do that. So, Otterites, you know how we like to do this. We probably shouldn't bother, but... Just a couple of quick corrections. Uh, in re-listening to our Theodore Roosevelt episode, we got the name of one of the kids wrong. Um, I think I mentioned Corinne. That's actually TR's sister. Um, but I think in the episode we said that was a daughter. Actually, no, the daughter's Ethel. It's easy to get confused because the Roosevelts reuse names a lot. That's right. Because Theodore, TR, his dad is Theodore. His oldest son is Theodore. Theodore's oldest son is also Theodore. So there's four of them in a row. Uh, I think one of Ethel's daughters is named Corinne, after the aunt. Yeah, it's just so. It's, it's and then there's there's Eleanor's, Edith's, and Ethel's. <laughs> so, anyway, there's a lot of them to keep straight. There's a lot of Roosevelts to keep but straight. Unlike newspapers who bury their corrections on the back page of the uh, the funnings or something. Yes. We like to point it out, like, make a yeah. big deal about Bourbon it. Bourbon break's a good moment for that, yes. we've decided. So uh, we'll, we'll lay So the other there. quick correction on the TR episode is I think we were a little ambiguous about the whole Nicaragua versus Panama route. Um, the French were at the Panama route, had the rights there. There was some feeling in the U.S., no, we need to do the Nicaragua route because there's a lake there and it'll shorten it. And basically, TR is like, no, the Isthmus route in Panama is the shortest. It's already started. We're going to buy the rights and the equipment from the French and the start and all that. So really, TR's route was always Panama. Okay. Yeah. There was, there was some, Nicaragua was, it, it had been started as well, but it was a failed one because it was going through mountains. The volume of dirt that had to be moved was like four times as much. Yeah. So the, Even with the light. There was some support yeah. in, in Congress for a Nicaraguan route, but really the French route was always at the Isthmus, always at Panama, and that meant dealing with the Colombians and... Uh, the rest is history. And yeah, so... Um, and that should take care of the corrections, but also a couple of quick salutes. Yes, that's true. Yes. Um, as we record, we recently have bid farewell to Betty White... Yes. 99. Yes, and she was... Again, a pioneer right up there with Lucille Ball. As very much far so. as, you know, a television actress, one of the first women producing her own television show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, not just longevity, not just that great humor. Yeah, she, she personally had a great oh, yeah. personality. She's a national treasure. Yes. Yeah, but, that's very well put. But she's very much a, a pioneer. And, yes, women's uh, rights, you know, she's right up there. You know, very much somebody to celebrate... And the loss of Sidney Poitier. Oh, yes. Guess yes, who's just coming to dinner, yes. Yes, at, at 94. So she was 99, he was 94, I think uh, it was. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was a national treasure because he he broke a lot of barriers oh, yes. before. I mean, yes. the, the, the movie itself, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, was one of those watershed moments like, what do you mean a black guy is coming to dinner? This is 1960, I don't even remember the year. Yeah. Uh, 
And it, it, but he was a he was also a phenomenal actor. He's right, so right. well poised. Oh yes, such a great presence, uh, great speaking voice. You know, he had all of those. It, he's a good looking guy too. I mean, he had all of the things that you want. Yeah, boxes to tick. Yeah, and he was just so eloquent. Yeah, yeah, just a, an incredible actor, just based on craft. But then also in all of these important groundbreaking turning point films. Yeah, and, he uh, really to serve with love and. And, and uh, Lily, yeah, Lily's in the Lily's field, the field that's and, right. and everything. So many so different movies he did. Just land uh, or groundbreaking personality, and then on top of that, as good an actor as basically has ever been. Yeah, he never stopped working. He could do whatever he wanted to do. Yeah, uh, and and often did. Uh, kind of almost to the point of an American Olivier, that that good of an actor. Oh so. yeah, yeah. Yes, so we need to raise that glass, gentlemen. Yes. That's right. Yes. Whatever Raising we're drinking. Glass yes, that's right. Let us, let us clink. To Betty and Sydney. Betty and Sydney. That's right. So yes. I've got a glass of uh, Robert 1792 here, which is always a favorite. Really? That's, that's so, a small batch. It's not just a regular 1792. And I have the very batch. same thing, although mine is neat, and you're having yours with ice. i got a little ice here. Yeah. Super smooth. Yeah, um, it doesn't get much smoother than this. I mean, it just flows back the tongue and down the back of the throat, and uh, it, it just kind of leaves itself everywhere, but and yet nowhere at the same time. Yes. Uh, it, truly a fine bourbon. It really is a good choice by you gentlemen. So, um, I am drinking uh, out of my uh, Detroit Tigers uh, so that's your Detroit home glass, isn't it? Yeah. version of the bourbon glass. I actually got a couple of bourbon glasses for, uh, for Christmas. So, I actually now have... Four, so we each uh, can have one because I got one from Martin. Yep, and I got one from the girls, and the one from the girls I showed. Yes, Francis. you showed it to me. Yes, uh, it's Map of Kentucky with all of the the distilleries, ah. which is very fine, totally very cool. fine. Yeah, but very uh, nice. Glass. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Uh, so I'm doing the Trader Joe's bourbon. So yes, Trader Joe's has that. started their own um, uh, bourbon. I don't know. The details on where they get it from, or if they're just you know buying some casks and labeling it, or, or, or what? Yeah, under contract with an established distiller, most likely. Yes, most likely. Provide something branded. So yeah, something I we first might have had to... it uh, several weeks ago. Something now, um, probably around Thanksgiving, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, and I had it. I had it neat that time. Because you know, my uh, first choice is generally with a little bit of ice, or mm-hmm. very least some soapstone, or the steel balls and yeah. chill. Uh, that turned out to be very medicinal, Ooh. almost like NyQuil. Ooh, Ooh that, those are the, those, them's fighting words. Those are the ones that you uh, don't I mean, like. That was probably the, my least favorite bourbon I had ever tasted. So, really? yes. So, since our, uh, Jim Bean Black experience with the difference between on right. ice versus neat, uh, today's the day I will try it on ice. Just like with the Jim Bean Black totally changes the bourbon. Mm. Incredibly different. Uh, the medicinal... Now, part of that is, you know, it's a little watered down because I have the ice. Uh, but before the ice fully melted, I, I sipped it while we were doing the early part of the show. And it really did alleviate that medicinal taste. This is a bourbon that you do want to have a splash of water and to chill it. Because oh, uh, okay. it really does bring out the flavor. Changes the character. It around. really does. I, I can't. Does it feel like maybe it's one that just isn't aged long enough? It just kind of rushes out. Possibly. And you've got to got to change. I've that never chemistry. really tried. I've never really. Uh, it's again one of the many experiments we need to work on. Yeah. Is uh, looking at the age. 
and whether or not that has something to do with really? uh, how the the taste comes out. Because certainly, you know, the earlier the 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 bourbon or the younger the bourbon in the cask, you're not going to get the uh, the flavors that yeah, are. Yeah, you're not going to get that mellowing interplay with the wood and the char over the years. The exactly, you're going to get much more of that harsh mash. Kind yeah, of, you're going to get the the ethanol yeah. flavor. So that could very well be it, but you know this has a, a fairly good taste. It's a it's a it's not really biting. I mean, it's got a bite to it, but you know it's not one of those uh, uh, really harsh ones where it makes you want to start coughing. <laughs> no, we don't like that. No, no. no. Uh, well, not even the uh, Devil's Cut is like that. Uh, oh no, you know, the Devil's Cut is probably the uh, yeah. has the most bite of the I ones we've say, tried. I, I was tempted to use the word harshest, but that's not fair. It's not at all. It's just no. it's the medicinal is harsh. For the devil's uh, in my opinion, no, 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 no. For, for this, okay, this. yeah, I was gonna say that's because um, I've not tried that yet. I've just got your word to go on that. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, I, I would recommend this as you know, if you saw this on a, a, a on a shelf, this is not a bad one. Again, you want to add a little bit of ice to it. Um, I probably should have only added you know, one ice cube. I added two, uh, so this is probably watered down more than I would like it. But actually, that makes it a little bit more mellow, uh, smoother, because uh, again, it's watered down. Uh, the, the bite is, is more in the back of the throat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the medicinal part is gone. You know, one thing I've noticed, the medicinal ones tend to have almost an oily context to them. Mm-hmm. This does not, uh, once you've chilled it and added a little bit of water to, to, to blend that to, together. So this uh, Trader Joe's is not bad. Just do not drink it straight up. Okay, that's fair. See, we're nice people. You know, certainly, cool. if you have to, We don't dislike bourbon. any bourbon. We just... Has to be done the right way. We, we, we give suggestions. What's the point of being a critic if you don't criticize? Well, I'm not saying you can't criticize. Well, we just criticize we doesn't necessarily mean critical. That's right. But it doesn't mean hating because we ain't haters. You know that. Yeah. Well, well let's, let's just say this. if I had to drink this Look, neat, yeah, no way in hell. Martin's a bit of a hater. I mean, Martin I, is a hater. Come on, I hate indulgences. You are a lo- you are a lovable little fuzzball. <laughs> Come on, what are you talking about here? Have you met? Yes, I, yes. Hate, <laughs> I hate indulgences and a, you know and and well, okay. Uh, perhaps we should do an entire episode on the things Martin hates. Oh, no, that, that's a that would, There's a hoop at you. That would be fun. You get to rant. And we get to poke holes in things and have a blast. See, so I would start with people who drive side by side on the expressway. Yes. Yeah, that's right. We can join you in that. A rolling roadblock. Yep. Yes. Um, Especially in the left two lanes. Uh, yeah, we we that, that comes up fairly often in our discussions. Yes, whenever but side by side is new though. That's a new wrinkle. Yeah. Usually it's just the uh, driving in the left lane. Yeah, you gotta, driving in the left lane. There are certain the, the, themes Martin yes. returns to over the years, and yes. that's a consistent one. Anyway, let's let's pursue because there's one more shout out. Oh, thank you very much to Biscuit Belly. Oh yes, oh, yes. this morning's uh, breakfast. Oh. Yes, that's right. Whenever we come to Studio R, we always have to slide over to Biscuit Belly, and I was very good this morning. I usually come away, and you guys yes. gave me grief over this because I usually order way too much, and I'm you got something small. I am compelled to eat it all. That's family of origin for me. Yes, that well, plate, you young know, that's man. partially a guy thing because you yeah. know we come from families where moms always made the extra for dad to finish off. Yeah. 
And, you know, uh, Mrs. Martin, or Mrs. Robert, I mean, has, has this has the same thing, you know, early on. It's like, you know, stop. I'm, I'm stuffed. It's like, well, but we still have some. You need to eat it. Why do I have to eat it? Because uh, that's what you do. That's It's it's a thing. It's all yes. about there. But this morning, I was good. I just ordered, what the heck did I order? The tots? Yes, you got the loaded tots. I got the loaded tots. Excellent, excellent. And yes. they were just enough. I yes, didn't, that I didn't is come the, away bloated, and I didn't have anything to bring with me. I was exactly right. Yes. Yeah, that's the uh, homemade uh, tater tots that are uh, mixed with cheese and perhaps a little bit of sausage, although you don't get much of the sausage. It reminded me of a really good crab cake, although you, yeah, could, yeah. you couldn't then, that consistency. Dipped in the batter and then deep fried. That's right. It uh, was, so it's kind of like a hash brown hush puppy. In many respects, you're exactly yeah. right. And, yeah. uh, I can't recommend it enough. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's one of my favorites. Plus, I, well, the dipping sauce is It was very, very Phenomenal. Good. And I, it was one of those things I've told the guys, I have no idea what I'm going to do when I go in here. Because the thing I've ordered the last two times, while it was excellent. It's the too, hot brown. Hot brown. Too much. Yes. I, I am bloated, I, and I, I still I, bring stuff home. I, str- I strongly recommend the belly board, I think they call it. Plank, isn't it? No, board. Board? Okay. Board. The belly board. Two eggs, sausage. That's what you ordered this yes, morning. Yes, fruit or hash browns. Which you messed up and forgot to tell them when they got the fruit. Okay, which was you, still, for January, were, amazingly fresh. You and were a good boy till you ate it. Yes. Yeah, even though that's not what you really wanted, you yeah, just forgot to tell them. But that's good for my heart anyway. To yeah, yeah, hash yeah. Brown, so. Uh, yeah, well, you know, you've got a heart, so you should take care of it. Right? Yes. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, I got the. It's uh, two sizes too small, like the Grinches, but hey. But, you know, you got one. Uh, yeah, keep, go. keep it unblocked. Yeah, that's right. You know, uh, so uh, Robert here got the uh, uh, the uh, pancake corn dogs, which is the that's what you usually get, isn't uh, it? Quite often, yes, yeah, we'll quite say. often. Uh, either that or the tots, or the tots, yeah. right? Which uh, is kind of why. So it's that wonderful, absolutely spectacular sausage that they have. Very good. Uh, I, I cannot speak highly enough of the sausage, which apparently they get from Cisco. Because I asked about it one time. When we oh, really? There. Which yes. is, you know, one of the, well, the major it's providers around here. It's got the awesome casing on it and everything. Yeah, so you know, it's not a heavy casing. It's finely ground, uh, these links. Uh, you know, they're probably, what, good four to five inches long, uh, you know, good circumference. Dipped in this pancake batter and then deep fried as a corn dog. Yeah, and it's... And I also got the side of hash browns. And uh, oh, just I, so good. If you can't tell listeners, and maybe this is your first episode... We love Biscuit Belly. We it's do. Kind of it is the official breakfast place of, of yes, Snakes and Otters. Although, is. now that we are, you know, that Martin and Francis are over by a Waffle House, We've enjoyed uh, we that. often have gone over there. Yeah, it's we, not yes, Biscuit Belly. But it's not, it's not Belly. Now, it's, of course, uh, last time we did IHOP, uh, IHOP, which was a nice change of pace as well. Sure. It's just a little further to drive. Yeah. It was, but it was worth it. it. Was, I yeah. think so. Well, it was a good change of pace. So. I don't know that Martin agrees with that, but I think he's being nice. It was all right. It was okay. The coffee was outstanding. Well, they're famous for their coffee, and they do a fine job. I do love a good cup of black coffee. Yes, you did enjoy the Biscuit Belly coffee this morning. Oh, it was so good. And I got made fun of because I like mine with heavy cream. And lots of sugar. Yeah, well, you know. Would you like a straw to drink your sweet coffee with? No, 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 no. I'll just... uh, No, I like... My coffee's sweet. Yeah. Although, generally, all I do is uh, squirt some... uh, Sugar-free. When you uh, have a sweet, when you have a sweet wife like mine, everything must be sweet. 
She listens to these episodes, doesn't she? No, she doesn't, but I'm trying to get her to. Okay. So just in case. <laughs> just yes, in case. Yes, that's yes. right. <laughs> I'm going to bring you a pink straw. No, to, you will not. To drink your coffee. No, sir. Uh, oh, well, he can bring it any time. That's right. Mean you'll that's, use it. Uh, no, I can yes. guarantee you this yes. point. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I got to say it's my fault. The uh, I, I started the assholery this morning, and uh, it is not let up. Yeah, that's quite all right. Let's yeah. skip yes, a bit, Rana. Yes. I, I meant to do just a quick shout out to Biscuit Belly and it degenerated in the into a commercial, making fun of a free commercial which has not been remunerated for. Yeah. Yes, but um, anyway, you know, Biscuit Belly would be a great sponsor. We're available, folks. If you're listening, we need to talk to them. Brought yeah. to you by Biscuit Belly. Snake that's right. Brought to you by Biscuit Belly. I can live with that. I can certainly live with that. Very much so. So but anyway, Francis, let's let's. Start wrapping this bad boy up here, brother. That's right. And tell us some more about William himself. Well, I've done most of that already. Uh, he is, William the Bastard is an apropos name. He really was that. But he is a strong, strong personality. And I think that's the strength that he brings. If you ask me to describe him in one word, other than bastard, which, hey, there's a... You know, yeah, I mean, there. there's there's a couple of reasons for calling I mean, he's John Gotti. He's... He's tough. Yep. And he's got loyal people, and and, and, he, and he's and got he, ambition, and, and he, he knows and he, what he wants to take over. That's right. And he 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 he, he is bloody, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, his enemies do not last. He doesn't pussyfoot around. I mean, if if you cross him, you will get cracked. Uh, John Gotti is a very good example of that. You don't yeah. mess around. Yeah. Uh, and he has a strong, stable dukedom that is stronger than his overlord. Uh, Normandy at this point in time is more of a power than France ever is. Now, again, yeah, feudalism. This, he's nominally a vassal. Of this the is two hundred years but, after Charlemagne, yeah. so things have fractured in yeah. many respects, and Normandy has ascended to itself. Yeah. Uh, it has be, uh, he, he and that's part and, of what he does. Talking about feudalism's role and what and what feudalism is a whole other episode. So, but it's important. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's vassalage it's, and. Who you owe well, that's one of the reasons why, to go back to what uh, Robert was saying earlier, that's why they, I think a lot of the reason why William could have taken his claim against uh, France and gone in that direction, the reason that probably wouldn't have happened was because of the feudal uh, oath that he owed. Uh, that would have been, that would have been revolutionary. That would have been a rebellion. William probably would have won. And, and his... Uh, just, a, he'd be a usurper. He would be a usurper rather than someone who the, invaded the, the European with, yeah, quote, a claim. With, with a claim. That's yeah. exactly well, it. And see, that's the thing. Gives you a little bit of cover. I will say this about all of these these wars of succession and civil wars in both England and, and other places in Europe. They were generally between claims. Correct. Now, some of the claims may have been spurious and false, or just you know paper thin. But at least they they, they but made they the effort always to make tried them. to make a pretense of having a claim. You gotta make and it legal somehow. Yeah. Well, by winning, you make it legal. Correct. I will make it legal. Well, that's that's right. And, but uh, William, <laughs> actually, William actually did have a bit of a claim. He did, and you know, you, you can make the argument that if if he had had a claim in in France, that had yeah. where the opportunity had come up, because generally you didn't. Uh, just decide, you know, my claim is just as good as the guy has been sitting on the ro- throne for the past ten no. years. You wait for somebody to die. That's correct. You wait till the opportunity presents yeah, I, again, So some of this is he's opportunism. just as much related to Edward as Hardrada is, really. Well, absolutely. Well, Hardrada, I think, is even... Uh, yes, yes. It's Godwinson that has less has the least claim, actually, because he's not a blood relation. Right. He's, he's an in-law. Brother-in-law. Because all, all the, a lot of this is tied to Emma... 
Yeah. There's somebody's wife. And yeah, there's, there's, there's marriages involved in here, yes. which is less blood, more marriage in his right. case. And she was Norman and back and forth. Well, and yeah, it's complicated. complicated. Trevor Slattery would tell us it's yeah. complicated. Uh, oh, by the way, if you haven't seen Shang-Chi, uh, uh, Trevor appears in that one. Uh, it's, it's a Excellent. It's a great... It's, it's a yes, that movie. was... I was very pleased to see him show up. Yeah, well, hey, Ben Kingsley, come on. He's he's one of the greatest actors of our day. Yeah. Uh, and they gave him a nice meaty role in that, not to go off to the side. But, you know, hey, we talk about Trevor a lot. He's kind of an unofficial mascot here. Uh, yeah, he, he gets to come back again, and he's as good as ever there. But anyway. Yes. So I think that wraps up. Any final thoughts, guys? Just, it's a very important to understand this is one of those places in history where you put a stake down and say everything's changed. That's right. Yeah, again, this is... Britain's never been conquered since, and essentially the the Great Britain, United Kingdom we know today, is that it was established at this point. It's the melding of Anglo-Saxon and Norman right. French together, and Anglo-Saxon itself being already melding from several sources. Right, and, and being this These... administrative success that then lends itself to this huge empire we would come to know right. later. These five and, or six ethnicities that combine in various combinations create something totally new. Yeah. The and original formidable. pot. And Robert? Oh, is it my turn now? Yes, please. I've only been trying for the... Yes. So, because some some of us like to talk. <laughs> I was looking for a mirror because I looked at, looked at Francis then I looked at Martin then I didn't have a mirror to look at my... Oh, wait. There we go. Because uh, we all like to talk. Uh, you know, this is important... Uh, we like to say, you know, why stuff is important. The reason why this is especially important to probably most of our listeners, although I'm sure we do have some that are not in the U.S., but probably most of them are here, is that this directly impacts us. Mm-hmm. Because, obviously, we are largely descended from the English. Mm-hmm. Now... As a political entity. Well, as a political entity, yes. And probably, well, you know, depending on where you are, you know, the, certainly the, the founding of the country is mostly English. Yes. Uh, Certainly, uh, others uh, play a large part in it later uh, and during, you know, but, you know, largely we are English uh, by birth. And because I I would argue this is one of the one of several of those major turning points from the Middle Ages. As you know, know, uh, I like to talk about the history of Europe is the history of the Habsburg family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, when you talk about uh, European history for England and the and what becomes the United States, it is this moment. Mm-hmm. Yep. For the continent, it is largely the Habsburgs yep. that shape modern Europe. Right. Yep. Uh, and, you know, you, you cannot learn enough about either. Well said, sir. So is it time for our question? You have a question? What's next? Oh, that question. Oh, it's easy stuff, boys. We're going to go back to quotations again. You know, that's, that's kind of our, one of our favorite things. We have lots of favorite things, but that's a big one for us. Great quotations that sing, that, that say themselves, that are just all that. Code of Honor next time, February's folks. February's Code of Honor. You Excellent. betcha. Don't miss it. Hope you enjoyed another pointless discussion of eternal questions. Remember, new episodes publish every Friday at noon Eastern. Spread the word. We're on all the major podcast platforms. And leave us a comment or review because that helps others find us. We're on Instagram, Twitter, as well as our website, snakesandotters.com. I'm Martin. 
And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Join us next week. Same snake time, same otter channel.